Hello coders, welcome to episode 177 of the How to Code Well podcast. Sorry, I'm looking over there just to make sure it's still recording. This is the third time I've had to make this recording. First time we had a cat in this office. <laughs> Second time I just totally forgot how to speak and this is the third time. So here we go. Let's see if we can do it in one take. Right, episode 177 of the How to Code Well podcast. We're going to be talking about WAMP MAMP or LAMP stacks and whether or not they are enough to be a successful web developer. Interesting stuff. We're going to be talking about the changelog first though. So some exciting news. We have the first production ready build for howtocodewell.net running through the GitLab pipelines and the Kubernetes and to be deployed on a Kubernetes cluster for pre-production. So really excited, uh, you know, I never thought I would get to this point, but we have a Docker image now that has the production ready build for howtocodewell.net, the new howtocodewell.net platform, which is fantastic. We've got some uh, news on the code quiz. Now, technically I'm off for a week and this is why I've been doing a lot of howtocodewell.net code this week because I haven't been doing code for anybody else. It's been a DevOpsy heavy week, this one, uh, but the code quiz has actually paused this week. So for those that don't know what I'm talking about, the code quiz is the, the questions that I put out on Twitter and on Instagram as polls. This is paused for this week. It'll be back next week. And the actual project, the open source project that we have, link in the show notes below, is progressing quite well. We have had a lot of contributions today. In fact, I reviewed four pull requests to this, to this project. And the project in its, just give you a quick brief of what the project is. It is a mono repo on GitHub where we have an API built in Symfony 6. It has a API client written in TypeScript. It'll have a website and possibly a mobile app probably both built in React, haven't got to that stage yet, but the API client is progressing. And um, we have a, a the open API generator, which is an NPM package in the uh, code quiz API, API client, sorry, that generates the TypeScript code for the API client off of the back of the Symfony 6 uh, API, which generates the open API specification. <gasps> oh, glad I got all that out in one take. So yeah, lots of interesting stuff going there. So if you want to see how an API is generated and if you want to contribute to the code, then do let me know. I'm going to push this quite heavy. It's October, it's Hacktoberfest. And the more eyes I get on the code base, the more contributions I get, the quicker than this can get done. So this is super exciting. Okay, so WAMP, MAMP or LAMP, is it enough to be a successful web developer? <laughs> This is from a comment from Abu Sales, and the comment was raised on my best PHP tools of 2018, the top five. So this is an old video, but the, the comment is actually, um, it's a good comment. It's a good piece of feedback. So Abu mentions that the tools that I raised in that video are great for professionals. However, for amateurs as I am, MAMP as an environment and WeBuilder or Notepad++ as an editor are more than enough to fly towards the mountain. That's an interesting comment there. So 
the tools that I raised, and I must go back and review that video. Yeah, it's an old video, and I'm sure there's 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 tools in there that it's still being are still useful in 2022. But it sounds as though the the tools were quite professional heavy, and I think this this uh, warrants the question of what is a professional tool versus what is an amateur tool, and where does WAMP, MAMP, and LAMP fit into that? Because if I was to think about my career and how and the tools that I used throughout the career and the tools that I use now and the tools that I just have have come out of the new technologies that I've learned over over the many years of my career. WAMP, MAMP and LAMP were all there and they were there usually at the start of the career. And in fact, they were there whilst I was being paid as as a developer. So at the very start of my career of my journey not even the career the journey i was doing things in notepad okay so i was doing javascript i was doing html and i was doing css and php in notepad i think there was xml and other crazy things in there too so notepad was something that i i went to i was a windows guy i was heavily involved in the windows scene i had a windows laptop that was my dev machine and then when i went to actually work in uh, an office, a digital agency. And then from there, I spent four years there. And from that, I went to work at a hosting company. These were Windows-based, Windows-based. And there was a mix of also Mac in there too. But they started from uh, WAMP. So I suppose before we get into the nitty-gritty stuff, I'll, I'll round up my history, but then before but before we get into the whether or not they're professional tools, I'll explain what they are as well, because I think that's important. So anyway, going back to the history, it was WAMP. I think there was a bit of MAMP in there as well. And then what happened was I started learning Linux, which turned into obviously LAMP. And then after that, I just got into containerization. And then, you know, I haven't looked back. So... I've said a bunch of acronyms. Let's go and discuss and explain what those are because I think that's really important. So WAMP, MAMP, and LAMP, they all sound very similar, and they are, and that's, that is because they are very similar tools, and the difference really is based on the operating system uh, that you install them on. So WAMP starts with W, that's Windows. So it's a Windows, Apache, MySQL, and PHP. This is something that you can install I think there is the WAMP server that you can install. It's obviously going to be very different from when I started. And I can only give you my history of what it was when I started. I don't know if it's any different to what it is today or what it was then. So back then, we could only configure one site to run on the, the WAMP server. And it was a tool that you could use to configure things like your PHP ini file, your vhost setting in Apache, your uh, MySQL setup, the comp file and all of those things. And then start and stop MySQL and, and, and uh, the other services as well. Very similar to MAMP, MAMP is the Mac alternative. So you've got Mac, Apache, MySQL and PHP. Again, this was a tool that you can download from a site. There is mamp.info. I'll put these links in the show notes below. And these are servers that you, or, or yeah, stacks. They are servers that you, you create, the web servers that you create on your, 
on your laptop on your local machine. So this has Mac, Apache, MySQL and PHP. LAMP on the other hand, this is where we start getting into the command line territory. This is obviously got a larger learning curve because if you don't know Linux to begin with, then this is going to be tricky. So this is Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP. It also could, depending on your configuration, involve Python or and or Perl. Okay, so Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP, Python, and or Perl. And I've got a link to a DigitalOcean article on how to install Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP, LAMP stack on Ubuntu 18.04. And I know that 18.04 is very old, but to be honest, the mechanism of how to do all of this is, is relatively the same. It's going to be very different, though, for the different distributions of Linux. So this will only be for Ubuntu Red Hat developers. They need to look somewhere else, unfortunately, because it's just the it has a different way of installing these these uh, applications. So the lamp is more difficult to configure because it's Linux than WAMP and MAMP. And as I mentioned back in the day, we could only configure one website to run off of this stack which does lead it to a, a bit of a disadvantage because when you're dealing with projects that have multiple applications, multiple addresses, it gets a bit difficult to adjust your settings. It is possible, it's, it is possible, but it, it, it is tricky. And when you get to that point, would say it's probably best to look more in terms of the command line because you get more granular control over these things rather than allow a GUI to hold your hand into the point and click kind of environment. Now, that's not to say that these aren't professional tools. Hell no, these are very professional tools. In fact, I spent a large part of the start of my career using these tools, right? So these are very good tools. I wouldn't ever say that you're not a professional because you're using these. So going back to the, the statement of Abu Sales saying that um, it's great for professionals, however, for amateurs, I'm not sure about that. I ha would have to disagree with Abu Sales on that one because I think they are professional tools for professionals to build professional websites. I just think it gets to a point where you kind of need to do more, which is outside the confines of the GUI. And at that point, you need to up your game and learn the command line. Even when you're all on Windows, right? When you're on Windows, fall back to WSL fall back to containerization. When I say fall back, you're actually trying to fall forward because these are big learning curves. These are big, big, big learning curves. So let's talk about this. Why? What's the difference? What, what, why? What is the major advantage, disadvantage? Why aren't I using these things right now? Surely it would make my life a lot simpler if if, as um, Abu mentioned, amateurs can use them, why aren't I using them now? What's the major advantage of not using them? Well, there's a few. So the closer you are to the deployment environment in terms of your development environment, the less friction, the less boundaries there are, the less confused configuration you'll have to deal with which means that you are able to test your application that more or less resembles what is going to be on the various different environments that you deploy your application to. 
the saying oh it, it only works it works on my machine fine and i don't know why it doesn't work on that machine those kind of questions are very annoying questions and questions that i've certainly asked myself a lot but going back to what i mentioned in the changelog now we have a pre-production docker image for how to code well.net we actually have a pre-production image we've got a staging image and we've also got a development image too so i can flick between these things i can install pre-production stuff on my laptop and i can test that out before it even goes to any kind of other server and i know that the the environment that it's running on can be replicated this is where the lamp mamp and wamp stacks start to fall down because you get to control the configuration through php ine and all of that stuff and you get to tinker and 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 change all of those things and unless they're in source control you can't replicate that on other environments your other team members may have different setups it could be all very confusing you could even have different versions of these stacks you know floating around your development team which just gets very very confusing there isn't a single source of truth whereas with if you use docker and you created docker images again learning curve huge i appreciate that but it certainly gives you a single source of truth that all your developers can use as well as all of the environments that you're on um, so that is the number one benefit of using containerization over these kind of tools it's also easier to work on multiple projects in my opinion it could have it could change i haven't used these tools for a while so this could have changed they could have created profiles and stuff but i don't know when i was using them though it was quite awkward to have multiple projects running at the same time or just multiple projects that you could turn on and off so for example uh, with docker you can just spin up and spin down containers right so you can work on one project one minute and work on another project the next minute there's no no trouble there you just run docker compose down docker compose up you know there you go if you wanted to you could also have multiple projects running at the same time by changing the configuration of your um, the configuration that you inject into the containers and i suppose at that point that is the difference between injecting things into different environments which is how essentially the pre-production image of how to code well is changed it alters the 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 images based on the build arguments that you supply essentially it is the same image though but with different configuration you also get a better understanding of how the web system works when you're actually dabbling in command line you're actually you get a, a, a feel for how things work you start to have an appreciation for how things are set up and configured which i don't think you get from a gui tool a gui is very point and click you know a, a nice chassis button that you press and suddenly something happens in the background but you, you're not entirely sure how that happened but it happened so with uh, linux and with wsl and, and the terminal mac when you start diving into things you can you get a, an appreciation of how the actual system is configured under the hood, which gives you a, a better experience, I think, a better knowledge base, foundation of knowledge going forward. And also a really important point is that it also gives you better job prospects, in my opinion. Learning the command line, learning containerization, uh, learning how to deploy things to the cloud, learning how to use different types of DevOpsy tools 
gives you better job prospects because not every job is going to be using the same tooling that you're using right now. So the next job that comes along will probably be doing something slightly different, right? And so you need to be prepared for that. So you need to adapt to those kind of situations. And if you've just been working in, say, a WAMP stack for, uh, uh, you know, years and years and years and years, and you're very comfortable there, that's all well and good. But wait until something something happens in your company or perhaps you need to move or perhaps you just get a job for another job for, you know, completely different. Maybe it's just a career progression. And the thing that you land does use Windows, but doesn't use WAMP and actually uses WSL and Docker. You know, those things you kind of want to be prepared for. You don't want to be forced into. You want to accept that that might happen. And so just and just learn it. And in my opinion, there isn't really any excuse not to, to to learn it, not to learn the command line. In fact, when you're a developer, you kind of need to at some point, at some point in your career, you're going to need to learn the command line. So you might as well just jump, jump all in. As I mentioned, though, it is a massive learning curve. And yes, I do appreciate that these tools are fantastic for, as Abu's mentioned, the amateurs, the people who are just starting out. But I wouldn't say that they're just for amateurs. They're also for professionals as well. If your whole team uses WAMP and uses that to uh, configure the system, then use that. Don't go against the grain. It's only when you want to start doing things beyond what you can do in the confines of the GUI and whether you want to actually start having more of a closer relationship between your environment that you're currently developing on and the environment that you're deploying on. Once those two start getting closer and closer together, the WAMP stacks start and the LAMP stacks and the MAMP stacks start start to get a little bit more difficult to maintain. Because let's say you've got five devs, what's stopping one developer from changing a setting in in their own PHP ini file or not updating their version of PHP, right? Because Docker is in an image and that image goes into source control and there is a readme that says that when you, you know, bring in a a new change from the Docker file that you have to, you know, run this to rebuild it. Everybody's working on the single source of truth. Whereas if you're using WAMP, as I mentioned, you know, you don't have that control. You don't have that control over what configuration your other team members are, are using, which means that it's very fragmented in terms of how things run on one machine to the other machine. But like I said, if the whole team is using it and it's working for you guys, then that's all good. It's it's definitely a professional tool. The things that Abu also mentioned about WeBuilder and Notepad++, I probably wouldn't say they are professional tools because there are things that... Um, the other tooling such as PHP Storm or VS Code can do, which is far more than what just a normal editor does. We're talking here about IDEs. We're talking about debugging and stepping over code. We're talking about how to integrate your IDE to your settings for things like linting and and code checking and auditing and stuff like that. Also accessing the terminal and the database through the IDE. These are development environments that you can create interactive development environments. And so I would say that they are more of a professional tool than perhaps Notepad or WeBuilder. 
in fact i actually i shouldn't say that because i've never tried we builder i don't know what that is but if you want to start getting ahead in in this web development game then i would probably suggest looking at an ide and also seeing if you can set up your current environment in a command line interface kind of way rather than a GUI. But I'll be so interested to know what everyone else thinks if you disagree or if you agree, if you've got any other suggestions. If you're still using WAMP or LAMP or MAMP and you're looking to come away from that, what are your challenges? Let me know because I'll be interested. I might do a video on these things. I do appreciate that a lot of people are using these tools and I do appreciate that I've never done any kind of video discussing how to install these and a tutorial on how to set these up. I'm considering doing one because I do appreciate that a lot of people use these things and I used to use these things as well. So anything I can do to help, then let me know. Thank you ever so much. Happy coding, everyone. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.